Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Today is a great day here at Simply Stogies because we are at Capital Cigar Lounge in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I am sitting here with Alec Rubin from Alec Bradley. Alec and Bradley. Alec, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, James. Thanks so much for taking the time. You're here for an event. This is the only Alec Bradley branded lounge in the U.S. Is that right? So as of a, a week ago, it was. Now we are actually opening up a second one um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's, it's called the Smokestack out in Moon Township in Pittsburgh. And so these guys and the guys over at Smokestack, we're all going to get together soon and, you know, have some cool conversations. Very nice. That's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Thank so you there's very much. two lounges expanding the brand. But this is still the first. This is still the first. This is still the first. And this is I, I like I drive five hours to get here. Capital is one of those lounges that when I close my eyes, like this is what a lounge should be. We were just having that conversation because uh, when you go to a lounge, it can either be like very homey right. or very stuffy or like everything needs in like a nice lounge, in my opinion, needs to hit every like every level right you want to feel like you're at home but you also want to feel like you're in a nice place you can wear gym shorts or you can wear a suit and either way you feel comfortable absolutely yes. and there are a few lounges that hit that yeah on like check every box a lot of lounges do one or two things really mm-hmm. good this one does all of them really well i agree uh anthony's great austin's great even jeff their humidor coach is okay he's on great. sunday he's a great guy whatever <laughs> I, I like, I like him. I know you do. I do too. He's a good dude. Uh, and a big thank you to him mm-hmm. uh, and to Tony and to Austin for uh, setting this up and for you to take the time. So before we get into it uh, here uh, on the program, I just want to take this uh, minute to invite you to go to OxfordCigarCompany.com. Check out the great deals they have there and use uh, coupon code, if I can talk, Simply Stogies for 10% off uh, your purchase. Anything you purchase, 10% off with coupon code Simply Stogies. OxfordCigarCompany.com. Support them and you're helping support Simply Stogies at the same time. And while you're surfing the internet, the interwebs, whatever you'd like to call it, go to CreativeBrainCandy.com and check out the great family of podcasts we have there including smoking and drinking in space or smoking and drinking in capes. If you're into sci-fi or you're into uh, Marvel movies, comic book movies, uh, Jason and Rob do a great job of reviewing them. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not. Uh, they always do it in a funny and humorous way. Uh, smoking and drinking in capes, smoking and drinking in space only uh, creative brandy, uh, creative and wherever podcasts are sold, which they're typically free everywhere. All right, I'm done shilling. That's it. There's a lot of shilling to do at the beginning and I'm done. Alec. Yes. How was the trip? Trip has been great so far. This is a little bit of a shorter trip for me, kind of an in and out, but it's, I've had a great time so far. All right. So I have to ask, yeah. this is going to be my first question to you because I'm an Iowa guy mm-hmm. from Iowa. Why did you put the, why did you go with Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska of all places? So it's, it's not that we went with Lincoln, Nebraska. We went with the people, right? We went with, you know, Austin and Tony. So they, they Austin had a previous store. And Tony came in, wanted to build this big lounge with Austin. They partnered up. Um, I guess we were their number one selling brand in the old store. And so they came to us and bullied us into opening our first <laughs> Alec Bradley Cigar Lounge in the United States or branded Cigar Lounge in the United States. So before that, we had like six or seven in Germany. And we never had any in the United States. Wow. So they they kind of, uh, you know, Tony can be you know, Tony's Tony. Tony's Tony. So... He, you know, he He's pushed and shoved. Oh, yeah. yeah, our listeners are very familiar with Tony. Gantz. Yeah, so he pushed, he pushed and shoved, and uh, he made it happen. But it's been fantastic. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, like they're great people here. Mm-hmm. They really are. I like to give them a lot of crap because you know, go Hawks. 
<laughs> but you know what? Uh, really great people. If you're in the Lincoln, Nebraska area, if you're dri- driving through, you're traveling through, flying in, whatever, you're going to come see a game and watch the Huskers lose. Uh, stop in here. This is the place to stop. It's a destination spot. We were talking about this before we were, like really started. Yeah. Uh, that lounges have a hard time. Some have mm-hmm. a hard time hitting every box. Like when you close your eyes. Well, and- some don't want to also, right? Some are specifically want to be a certain thing, depending on the city they're in or the market they're trying to hit. Some of them want to just be one thing, right? Which is perfectly acceptable, perfectly fine. But then others like this kind of check a lot of boxes. They do. Nice humidor, nice selection, nice ambiance, good people. You know, it, it, it checks a lot of boxes. Let me ask you this. Uh, in excluding capital, because mm-hmm. you travel the world. Yeah. What is the nicest cigar lounge you've ever been in, excluding capital? So that's someone asked me that same question yesterday, and I was like, "What makes it nice? Is it somewhere I want to hang out? Is it just absolutely gorgeous? Is it they have a nice uh, selection of cigars? What makes it the nicest lounge? Right? What what are you? What do you want to do? You wanted to check all the. For me, it's checking all the boxes. Yeah, or somewhere that I'm comfortable. I guess. Have you been into a place that checks all the boxes, and you're just like, I'm not comfortable here. No, because usually if it checks all the boxes, being comfortable is one of them, right? Yeah, it's like customer service comes first to them because you can tell they put effort into it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like um, I can't re- I can't recall the name of it right now. There's there's a shop in Arizona that's just absolutely beautiful. Um, I mean, you if you walk in in shorts and a you know a dress shirt, you're, you're not you're going to feel out of place potentially. Yes, but then there's stores that you walk into where if you walk in in a suit, everyone will look at you like you're crazy. But it's super comfortable to be in there and everyone's having a great time. Everyone knows everyone and everyone introduces themselves to you. It's it's all about the vibe you want. Yeah, it's all about the vibe that you're looking for in that in that moment. Yeah, because the cigar culture is great. And I think you're a great guy to talk about this. The cigar culture is great because it, it it's really a melting pot of all different cultures from around the world. And even in the United States, you have different cigar cultures within the different communities. Yes. So in the United States, it's cool. I mean... Because it really comes down to the power of the cigar, right? What do cigars do? They bring people together. It's not, cigars are not about necessarily all the time smoking in your backyard by yourself, even though that's sometimes what you need. It's a majority of where I, where yeah. I do my smoking. Sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes that's what you're looking for. But also if you want to go socialize and you don't want, and you want, don't want to be around a certain crowd, you can go to a cigar shop and make friends with people you've never met before. I mean, my dad tells a story about he was smoking cigars with two guys. One of them owned an oil company and the other guy pumped gas. But cigars are the great equalizer. It is. I Like, you're not the first person to say that. Uh, Glenn Loop mm-hmm. uh, said that. It's great. From kings to street sweepers and everybody in yeah. between. You sit down, have a cigar, and you're all on a the, level playing field. Yeah, everyone's on a level playing field. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about the vibe that you that you want. And if you want to be loud and go to a – you can you know a lounge that's like that. Mm-hmm. If you want something quiet – you can go there. So that's a great answer. I think that's I think that's spot on. Typically, what we do here is we talk about your journey into cigars. But mm-hmm. you grew up like your dad started. I had a weird journey into cigars, different than most, right? Yeah, because yeah. your dad started Alec Bradley when I was nineteen ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. I was God, four years old. Makes, you were four. You make me feel so old. Thank you. It's okay. There's other people, kids that make me feel old too, right? So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just, it, the the process just <laughs> continues. Yeah. So your dad started Alec Bradley in nineteen ninety six. You're four years old, and mm-hmm. is this what you wanted to do? You know, I remember from a young age, I always said, like, I wanted to be an engineer, not even knowing what an engineer did. I right. thought it sounded cool. <laughs> and then I realized, like, oh, I have no interest in being an engineer. I want to be a business. That's, I love people. I love talking to people. I like selling. I like the marketing behind things. And I, when I turned 18, I had my first cigar. I fell in not immediately, but within that year, I fell in love with cigars. So it was just kind of a natural progression between business and cigars. Like this makes sense. I get to work with my grandfather, my dad every day. Uh, my grandfather has since passed. So I, but I got to work with him every day for like That's five, awesome. six years, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, now I work, get to work with my dad and my brother every day. And what's better than that? I mean, the, it's also horrible because we fight constantly, I was but gonna say. it's also great because who's that fortunate to get to do that? No, for sure. For sure. But I know I have a lot of friends who, uh, you know, their parents own businesses. Mm-hmm. And for a while growing up, it was, I'm not going to go into the family business. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Not at all. And they fight against it, fight against it, fight against it. 
And then they go into the family business. So it's not that I always expected to go in the family business. Um, when I was in school, I transferred um, like halfway through, like after my second year, I transferred down to a school closer to home. And I was living at my parents' house at the time and I wanted to work. So I was based, I was basically working full time at the office, like to make money when I was taking all my classes online. Right. So I could do my classes at night. I could work during the day. A couple classes I had to go in for for tests or like maybe twice a week. I had one class on campus, whatever it was, but I was in the office the majority of the time. And then when, when I graduated, I was just like, what, what, what am I doing now? Right. I'm already so entrenched in this. Yep. Like I'm doing it every day for two years. So I just went from part-time to full-time and never looked back. It wasn't even intentional. It just, I kind of just, it was, it was right organic. It. Yeah. Yeah. It was just very natural. So you got to learn, I, I'm going to, I'm going to assume here that you got to learn every part of the business because your dad owned it. So it was, you got to learn the warehouse. You got to learn everything from seed to shelf, but then even on the back end and the transportation, the logistics and everything. So yes and no, there's some, some stuff I need to learn about the business, like more minute details that I don't know yet. And it could be something as small as creating a UPC, right? Like in the system, like there's still stuff I need to learn. Right. But yeah, when I was young, when I was younger, I um I worked in the warehouse growing up. I wasn't around smoke or anything like that. I wasn't back in the warehouse, sure. you know, packing boxes when I was 12 to basically 17. And then when I turned 18, I started working on the phones doing cold calling, which I am I was terrible at. But it was a great <laughs> it was a great learning experience. It's the worst though, is it? It's so much rejection. <laughs> but it's so much harder for people to say no to your face than it is over a phone. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. So it was a lot of cold calling, a lot of rejection, which just crushed my spirits. And <laughs> no, but you learn sales technique doing that, yeah. don't you? You know, because you learn how to ask for the sale. Because mm-hmm. like literally, you have to do that exactly on a cold call. Well, the best is be like, I'm Alec, you know, from Alec Bradley. When I would call like Alec Rubin, they'd be like, "Shut the fuck up! No, you're not. Sorry if I can't curse on <laughs> no, here. you're fine. Yeah, and I you know people hung up on me. <laughs> Did you call him back? Yeah, of course I did. I'd I'd walk in my dad's office like I got like someone hung up on me like because like they're like shut up no you're not. He's like hold on I'll call. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a good learning experience. Definitely a good learning experience. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So uh, the funny thing is, I can curse on here. Right? Oh, absolutely okay, perfect. So the the funny thing is that when I was you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and I was working in the warehouse during the summers like. Because I didn't want to do anything else in the summer. I just wanted to make money. Right. Um, my dad would be like, hey, come sit in on this meeting. And I would ask him, like, is this a sit down and shut up meeting? And he'd be like, yeah, sit down and shut up. Don't say a word. Or he'd be like, no, you can you can participate, whatever it is, if you have ideas. But so he allowed me to be in the like business setting from a young age to understand how to act and like how things kind of work from a young age. So kind of growing into it was probably a bit easier for me because I was around it from such a young age. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff and I, I know we have a limited amount of time here because you're getting ready for an event tonight uh, here at Capital Cigar. Like again, if you're in Lincoln, this is the place to go. But you shared uh, uh, with me an unbanded that, yeah. that you blended. Yeah. So that was it's it's a cool cigar because you know what happens is we blend a lot and then there's not always a project for that blend. So either the name doesn't match the cigar or we just are doing too many other things at that time, like to not like we're not going to release another blend, whatever it is, or it doesn't matter. So I blended this cigar with the master blender over at Placencia. We worked on like seven blinds. We were just having fun. And out of the seven, we went with four out of the four. This was, was my favorite. And then we didn't have a project for it. So I just ordered a ton for myself. Nice. And... Perk of the perk of the position. Yeah, perk of the position. So then I kind of have been coming down to the end of the bundles on these. And Austin called me up. was like, hey, do you have anything special for the event? And because everything's selling like crazy right now because, you know, because of COVID. Uh, I was like, not really. But I got my personal cigar here and I got like a few bundles left if you want to do something with that. And he said, how many do you have? I said, 38. He said, OK, send them all. 
And I was like, okay, I thought you were going to say 10, 15, 20, like <laughs> right. maybe a couple. <laughs> no. So I had one open bundle that was in there, that, which would have been the 39th bundle. And there was only three cigars or two cigars in it. And so I kept those for myself. Like, oh, I'm really going to have to smoke these sparingly now. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Especially because we're so busy at the factory that I can't order anything personal at the moment. Oh, wow. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. That's good though, right? That you're that bad. No, it's it's it's, good and bad. Right. It's good for the business. It's good for the business. It's bad for me personally. Like there's times that I order certain sizes of cigars that I just want for myself that we don't even make. Right. So like Tempest Nicaragua being one of them, I order it in a Corona all the time. And it's such because we don't make it in a Corona and it's such a great size for that for that blend. Wow. Yeah. See, that's something I'd like to try. I love Corona. I I haven't had them in a couple of years now because of COVID. So. (laughs) <laughs> so we're, I want to talk about COVID a little bit. Um, were you guys surprised as a as a company that things kind of took off during COVID? Or were you expecting, like at the beginning, you know how everybody was like, what, what the fuck is this? So um, we kind of realized what was going on immediately because um, we got two containers in a week and a half, two weeks before everything shut down. Okay. And luckily within Florida, we were considered an essential business because we did not do any face-to-face transactions, anything like that. Right. So we saw how much product we were moving. And it, I mean, it was tough because we had, it was good because we had a ton of product, but then when it ran out, that's when it became tough. Right. Um, factories were in Honduras were shut down, not necessarily in Nicaragua. Um, like I'm, I'm saying all factories in Honduras were shut down. In Nicaragua, you had the option. Really? Yeah. So were. Nicaragua was like, eh, you can do it if you want, but we don't care. Yeah, like you can you can basically make that decision. But for Honduras was like, no, it's all shut down. It's all shut down. Oh wow. Yeah. So when we were when we got back up and running, we were just producing as fast as humanly possible without compromising um, quality. So we were down there as much as we could be. It was not easy to get down there, but we were we were all down there as much as we could be just to make sure everything was going smoothly and. The added production was not compromising quality and we're producing more cigars a day now than we've ever produced in the past. Wow. Yeah. Does that shock you though? Yes. Because COVID is such a, a, COVID affects the, the, the lungs Mm -hmm. and, and and upper respiratory. Yeah. Are you, you're shocked at like, because cigars are not the healthiest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I don't think anybody would say, ah, you should, you know, two or three a day, but Two a day is fine. Yeah, yeah, two a day is fine for sure. No, that's what yeah, doctors the have told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the study as well. Yeah. Um, but are you shocked at that because it's upper respiratory that people are like, yeah, I'll smoke some cigars, whatever. I have a more personal um, feeling about it because when I did get COVID, I was out of the office for a month and a half because I did have such a bad cough. Oh, wow. I couldn't be around the smoke. But then the day that I found out that I was you know, completely better, I lit up my first cigar, right? Just got right back into it. Yep. But then also people are bored at home and they want a new hobby. And maybe if you smoked four cigars a week, you were smoking four a day. Maybe if you never smoked cigars before, you started getting into it more. Um, and or, women. Or, yeah. Because right. actually the percentage of women that smoke cigars went up majorly. Yes. Yeah. It was at like less than 10% before. Now it's like at 12%. Because they looked at their husbands like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm bored. I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. Let me give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they found that they like, they're like, oh, wait, this is, this is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it's cool that, you know, our demographic is changing also because it was so male heavy for so long. Yeah. And it's nice that now women are getting into it as well. So let me talk about, let's, let me ask you about marketing real quick because you, you brought this up a little bit with sometimes there's, you, you do a drop, a project and the marketing doesn't match the name, doesn't match mm-hmm. the, how much marketing research do you guys do? for names and and how you're going to promote it in the B&Ms. It's not really marketing research per se. It's we like something and we between me, my dad and my brother will fight about whether it's a, a good <laughs> idea or not. And so like with Kintsugi, let's say Bradley came up with the name. He came up with the packaging. I did the blending for it and we had great packaging that I loved for Kintsugi. And then Bradley's like, I don't like any of this. I'm starting over. I'm like, we already have a blend. Like the blend's like 90% done. We're about to finish this up. Right. And he's like, I want to restart. I said, you have a month to come up with something solid to see. Because he's the younger brother. He's the younger brother. I said, you have a month. And he just like blew right past that. and was like, screw you. I'm going to do whatever I want. And so it took another six months 
to come up with the packaging. And I mean, it, it was way more beautiful than what we had originally. So he did a great job. Yeah, he nailed it. But I'm still pissed about those extra six months. <laughs> I when you talk about your family, it's so fun for me because I have I have a younger brother and younger sister, and, oh, so and you understand. I do understand. Like my brother and I fight like cats mm-hmm. and dogs. Like mm-hmm. we're always trying to one up one another. We're 15 months apart, so he's not like that much younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So he and I, like, if we had a business, it would be exactly like that. Yeah, we we fight. We're three years apart. Sometimes he's he's uh, he's a bit stubborn. He admits it. So sometimes I just have to like let I just give up because I don't have the fight in me. <laughs> See, I do, I'm not like that because I'm like I'm not gonna let you win. Well, sometimes if you want to get anything done, sometimes you you have to just let it go and just move forward. Was that hard to learn with family? Like l- learning to do that in business with family? Of course, it's it's hard every day, but you know we might go at it a little bit but we everything that we that in the end has been exactly what we wanted so it, it all works itself it all out. works out yeah yeah that's good i want to talk about the kintsugi because the idea behind the kintsugi was the marketing for the kintsugi i mean i'm going to assume it was was the name kintsugi when you did the packaging and all of that yeah so you had this idea where it was the industry's broken needs to be put back together Mm-hmm. better than it was before, which is what the Kintsugi is, the Japanese art of Kintsugi. Yeah. Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what did you, what did you guys see that was broken and how do you think it needs to be fixed? So if you, like a lot of um, consumers don't know this, maybe some do, a lot of retailers don't know this, maybe some, I know a bunch do, but our industry is fractured in terms of legislation. And, you know, some companies have one view on it. Some companies have another view on it. We're both, you know, there's different lobbying groups and we're fighting for different things to try to get to a certain solution. Right. Yeah. I talk about this all the time with my listeners. OK, so they, they know what's going on. Yes. So. COVID kind of brought everyone back together and put them on a weird like on the same playing field, weirdly enough. It did. So everyone was stuck with the same options. Events weren't a thing anymore. So whether people were traveling or not, like um, manufacturers were traveling or not to be in stores, didn't matter. We were all stuck on Zoom, StreamYard, whatever it may be. Yep. Um, And so it put us all on the same playing field. We all ended up being on multi-manufacturer Zooms at the same time. And we we were all kind of banding together to um, deal with the situation that was COVID. So what a great time to, to launch something like Kintsugi. That is about something taking something that's broken and making it stronger and more beautiful than what it once was. Did you get a lot of positive feedback from the industry when you released that? Some people. Um, Did you get def- some negative feedback from the industry? When Only you people that? that couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. <laughs> Not familiar with that Japanese culture at all. Not just that. I mean, how many how many names of like cigars that are in Spanish, like people can't pronounce, right? Oh, I'm a basic white guy. Yeah. It happens all the time. I can't do that. So we're just used to people not being able to pronounce cigar names. And that's the only kind of negative feedback we got. So when people in the, because I, and I, I've said this on several podcasts, I had somebody on in the industry and they said this, I'm not going to mention their name because I don't remember if they said it on the podcast mm-hmm. or after I get it. But they said that the, the industry is like a poker game in the old West above the table. All the manufacturers are playing nice, having a good time, they're drinking, they're smoking cigars, they're laughing, but underneath, they everyone got gun. has their guns drawn. Yep. <laughs> is that um, is that accurate? Yes and no. Um, amongst some people, maybe, but a lot of us really are just friends. So That's it's, good. It's interesting. I want to talk because you we, we were talking about, you know, the the fracture within the industry. And I want to talk about the PCA because that seems to be the focal point for a lot of the the fracturing in the industry and I don't I don't really care what manufacturers It's only the focal point because it's the one that's talked about the most. It is. But there's what are what are there's CRA, there's the CRA, there's, there's the PCA. Yep. And there there's the CAA, right? It's, yep. So PCA is just the one that's most front and center because that's the one with the big trade show that, you know, a lot of the media people attend and are well informed on and stuff like that. So that's why that's the focal point. They get the most criticism, but they also um, work their butts off to put on a great trade show every year. And And it was fun this year, wasn't it? I had a great time this year. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it it. was a little smaller, I thought it was, I thought thought it was was nice and intimate. Yes. And I, I really enjoyed it. 
I, I, you're not the only manufacturer that said that. Yeah. Did you miss the big four? I was in my booth the entire time. So there was like nothing for me to necessarily and miss. Everybody was busy. Yeah. We were so busy. I couldn't get to every booth. And yeah. There were, there were I mean, f- I miss seeing my friends from those companies. Sure. But that was about it. But it didn't, it didn't affect your business one way or the other. Um, there was a lot, it was a lot quieter without music blasting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I know, I know exactly where that's directed. No, it's actually, so it's so funny because it's, no, no matter who we're next to every year, there's always some music being blasted at us. So it's either, we're either next to Drew Estate who has loud music. Uh, last year or two years ago, I'd say we were next to Rocky who had like a singer. And then this year, <laughs> I forget the name of the company, but it's the, um, I'm sure you saw them, the all Mexican. Yes. Yes. They had a mariachi band. Yes, they did. And they were right next to us. (laughs) And I'm like, we can't catch a break any year when it comes to music. We didn't even make it to your, we were trying to make it like just to who was available Mm -hmm. and who wasn't. It was just two of us, me and Tim. And like, it was impossible to get to everybody, which is good, but it was so small that if next year, if it grows, like I'm afraid, like we're just going to have like three or four and that's it. Cause it's just, everybody was busy. I want to talk real quick because you, you mentioned the CIA, you mentioned the the, the CRA, mm-hmm. and now there's TPE. Do you think the industry can support two trade shows? Because here's the... Here, there are two different trade shows currently. From I've never been to TPE, so I don't know, but from what I've heard, it's, they, it, sounds, it seems like... It is. It's very... It's two different trade yes, shows. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But for uh, if the PCA goes away, the TPE is not going to fill that void. So at the, it, Potentially. I mean, I personally don't know. At the moment, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let me ask, let, let me, let me pose the question this way, because yeah. for the TPE, it's, it's tobacco related products, yeah. which include CBD, THC, mm-hmm. vapes, and cigarettes for an industry that so desperately tries to separate themselves politically from the rest of it, because mm-hmm. it is premium handmade and there's no chemicals and there's nothing, no additives. Is it short sighted of the industry to kind of throw their hat in with the TPE as well? Or is it just, it's just another way to, to, you know, do business. I think it's another way to do business. I think that there was a time with PCA when it was IPCPR or RTDA that we had, you know, hookah, we had different stuff at the trade show and potentially manufacturers complained about it, didn't like it, or they wanted to separate themselves from it. But I'm all for it. I think that everyone, they should have more people at the PCA personally because Every booth space that's bought goes toward our fight. That's right against the government. So yeah, we are trying to separate ourselves from it, but also kind of need their help. The money doesn't hurt. That's right. Yeah, the money doesn't hurt to be able to every for every booth space that's that's bought because it's expensive. It's expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. All right. So I don't want to take up a a whole lot of your time, but we were talking a little bit beforehand about accessories Mm -hmm. and we were talking a little bit beforehand about boutique. And I know you're very, very opinionated. You said when Mm -hmm. it comes to boutique, so boutique, it depends on who you ask in the industry. What is boutique? And you guys don't own your own factory. We don't, but we make over like with Rice's Cubanas, we make over 95% of their production. Right. With Jesus Fuego, we make up probably over 90% of his production. So do you consider Alec Bradley or even Alec and Bradley boutique? Yeah, 100%. So a lot of people argue that boutique is based on the number of cigars you sell. But my opinion of it is, you know, if you're actually working on your blends in a boutique way is one, maybe not as just focused on construction and burn, but flavor is a big part of what you do. And the blend is very important to you as one. The second thing is, are you, you might be a small company, but are you working at a boutique factory? Because what what's a company you would consider boutique? Like name a few. Uh, Castagli, Stolen Throne, um, even El Septimo, I guess. Yeah. Now, uh, but where are these cigars made? Right, like Kellner Boutique Factory, the uh, the Costa Rican factory. Yeah, the, that's boutique. Yeah. But when you look at like let's say another boutique company that's making stuff over at like AJ. Mm-hmm. AJ is a giant factory giant turning factory. out yep. major cigars, like a ton of cigars. So they might be a smaller company making cigars or even let's say at Agonorsa, right? Like these these manufacturers are turning out a ton of cigars or sorry, the um the, the factories the are factories turning out a ton out. of a ton of cigars, but the manufacturer might be, you know, have lower numbers right. whatever it is. What part makes that boutique because you're working at a factory that's turning out a ton of stuff. Right. Is it the is it the blending process? I'll give you my definition of boutique and you can tell me mm-hmm. how wrong I am. Everybody else does. Uh, my definition of boutique is is that it's 
not sacrificing quality for quantity. Yeah, that works. That works for me. Like, because you really have to have a passion for it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what factory it comes out of. I don't care how many you produce every year. Mm-hmm. If you're able to produce 5 million cigars every year at a high level mm-hmm. and you don't have any issues and you're able to blend it and you're passionate about it, that's still boutique to me. That's my thought process also. Okay. Yeah. Good. See, it's just, I hate when, when people are like, you're not boutique, you make this many cigars. I'm like, do you see the factories that we're working at? Yes, we do work with Placencia, which is a giant sure. factory. Both, both of them, but we also work with Rices Cubanas. We work, work with Jesus Fuego, and those are boutique factories. Yeah. And a lot of the family owned, I mean, so is Placencia, but those are boutique factories. So it's like, it's it's really hard to put a definition on boutique. It's kind of within, you know, the eye of the beholder as to what people consider boutique or not. You get passionate about it when somebody says you're not boutique. Because uh, my thought of boutique is, versus being a giant like corporate company necessarily is, we put a lot of effort and time into our blends and that to me is, you know, very boutique. I don't think consumers understand just how much time and effort goes into one blend. One project. Like me and Bradley took a year for Blind Faith to release from the day we started it. Wow. Yeah. How many, nope. how many iterations did you go 30 through? 30 something. <laughs> Holy cow. I know. That's insane. I know. And then with Gatekeeper, um, it was a different process because we were working with Ernesto who is fantastic at what he does. And Bradley, like when Bradley and I started did blind faith, we did not let my dad or Ralph, our VP get involved. So that's why it took us so long. How did you do? How did you keep your dad out? Cause if your dad's like my dad, he's like, let me just see what you're doing. The only thing he, he, we told him he was out and he stayed out. The only time that we asked for his opinion is we were down to the last two blends and um, we handed him both and he smoked and we we're like, okay, what's your, your opinion? Like, which one should we, do you think we should come out with? Cause we have our opinion. And he's like, I'm not telling you, you come out with it. I'll tell you after. <laughs> Did you come out with the one he, he liked? Yeah. That's what he said, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> you right, never know. Yeah. He was going to support us regardless. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be something my dad would do. Yeah. I'll tell you later. Yeah. I'll tell you later. Yeah. So we, we launched it. Um, he said that that was one he agreed with also. And then on gatekeeper, he came for one of the meetings with Ernesto just purely because he's good friends with Ernesto and he wanted to come hang out. But um, awesome. otherwise, you know, we kind of did everything on our own with Ernesto, um, which was a great time. And then Kintsugi was probably the one that took the least amount of time. I think there's only three or four iterations of it. Really? Yeah. Is it just because you're kind of getting Learning. better at it? You're Learning. Learning. Yeah. yeah. Honing in on what you like, what you don't like, kind of what what profile you're going after with the project? I think, um, I mean, maybe a little bit of that, a little bit of luck, right? We, we started with a good base blend, so it was easier to get what we were trying, what we were trying to achieve with blind faith. We were trying to achieve, you know how, like when you add strength, you lose flavor. When you, um, add flavor, you lose strength. Yep. We were trying to hit the perfect balance of the two. <sighs> you nailed with blind, it. With blind faith. That was kind of our goal was hitting this perfect balance. Yep. And I think that's what took it so long. Because we were using all the heroes and Maduros in the filler. That's right? an ambitious, that's an ambitious goal. Yeah. Which like most you know, people would tell you that's stupid, which it probably was. But you know, we were trying to do something different. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we like we were trying to do something different. And that's a lot of thick tobacco and, and filler when, you know, because then you have to make sure your binder is has a certain level of combustion. Like you really have to balance things out. It really is a science and an art. And it took a lot of time, but it was fun. It was fun doing it. You, if it's not fun, why do it? Right. I was just going to say, you sound like you have a lot of fun doing this. You're I very do. passionate about it. Do you like going around the lounges and like meeting the people? Yeah, of course. Does it take a lot out of you at the end of the day? You're just yeah. Like, oh, for crying out loud. No, it's not for crying out loud necessarily, like this, but I'm this. a I'm a forced extrovert. So, you know, <laughs> it's true. I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. So extroverts thrive off of it, right? And they, it gives them more energy. Yeah. I'm an introvert by nature. So what, by the end of each day, I'm exhausted. Same here. But I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I love it. But yeah. it's 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 just a lot. So I know like when I when I go into places, I'm like, hey, can I sit down with Alec Rubin for a bit? Oh, sure. Like it's just I know that they're going, oh, this fat asshole. Like, look at like I got to no, so like, minutes. Right now we're doing guy. this. I'm like, I'm fully invigorated. I have a lot of energy. As soon as we finish, I'm going to be like. Oof, I'm tired. I'm going to go sit down. Yeah, I'm going to go sit down for 30 minutes and talk. Yeah. (laughs) And like collect my thoughts a little bit and gain some energy back. Unfortunately, that's, you know, I'm being an inch of forced extrovert. It it just comes with the territory. I can't get my wife to to become a forced. She's just an introvert. She's like, I don't want to be an extrovert. Don't don't make me do it. Yeah, I completely get it. Yeah. I mean, 
I had to learn. I had to learn from a young age. It just came with the territory and I grew into it and I love it and I enjoy it. Yeah. But it does take a lot out of me. When you're a salesperson, because that was my background as well. Mm -hmm. When you're selling, you have to learn to to be on. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And then like when I'm home, I rarely spend time with friends or anything like that because I just want to be home. Yeah. I'm just, I spend time with my daughter and. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of relax. Yeah. That's, and then I get enough of my daughter. I'm like, that's going to go have a cigar. Go talk to your mama. Yeah. Like my friends always want to hang out because, you know, they're both extroverts, like my two close friends at home. And I'm like, I, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Is Bradley an extrovert? I don't know what Bradley is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was waiting it for an like, insult. <laughs> no, it seems like he has more energy than me, but he also has no problem, you know, staying home. So I don't know. I don't know what Bradley would consider himself. Do you guys hang out outside of work or is it just because you guys are so you know, you work so close together that you're like, all right, I'll see you on Monday. Um, sometimes we do. Definitely. Sometimes we do. But like I said, I don't want to do anything. So it's nothing against Bradley, but it's both of us are on, on the road constantly is one. So like I'm gone right now. He'll be gone next week. I'll be gone the week after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then I think the most time we spend together is when we travel together in the office and then I was traveling with him because I know when I travel with my brother, it, it's it's a shit show. It's just funny because he almost wants nothing to do with me. Like, I want to hang out with him because like we're together. Right. And he's like, I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm go, like, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go do this. Nah. Yeah. No, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like, and no, I don't want you to come with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll come. Nope. No, yeah. no, you won't. No, like, all right. I'm like, not. We, we were brothers and we were traveling together. Let's go do something together. Let's yeah. have a good time. Let's. No, no, it's okay. I'm going to go like eat at this restaurant by myself. <laughs> okay. Have fun. I'll figure out my own, my own stuff. Uh, are your family Thanksgivings like everyone else's family Thanksgivings? Like you, you get together and you have a good time. Then there's a fight and then everyone kind of be, they're all quiet. We kind of just bit. bicker the entire time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. We just kind of poke. I mean, but that's the same at work. We just poke at each other constantly. It's just. You do that at work too? Yeah, of course. Oh. You have to. Yeah, Especially Brad at my dad. Oh, my, my brother <laughs> pokes my dad nonstop. Be my brother too. Yeah. What is it with the younger brother wanting to poke the bear all the time? I don't know, but it, it cracks me. I just stay out of it and just watch I, it happen. I, I, it's yeah. really funny. I laugh. Yeah. I just laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's fun. Uh, let's talk about accessories real quick because yeah, you're opinionated about accessories. And I said it's the hobby within the hobby. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm, I like collecting things. I, I love like accessories, whiskey, cigars. I collect watches, like old watches, like a bunch of stuff. And accessories is definitely one of the things that I love, but I'm very particular about them. How so? Because when it comes to accessories, um, they kind of go with my ritual versus for cigars. So I want it to fit into my ritual most of the time. When I travel, I use a BIC. No kidding. Yeah, I, oh, I fly because with of, Bix. Yeah, because of fly. Yeah, yeah, flying, yeah, I fly with Bix. But at home, well, let's let's say this: before COVID, I always had a generally a soft flame lighter, and I either used a punch or my nails or a straight cut. Never, I'm not a V cut guy myself. I'm not either. And it was generally my nails or a punch, really. But it just whatever kind of some. Sometimes it's like whatever you have around you, but. Yep. Uh, it was generally a, my nails are, or a punch. I'm not a so. big punch guy. I don't like punch. Why do you like punch? I don't know. I like a, a smaller opening to my cigar for some reason. I feel like when you take too much off of the cap is when you start, you know, especially with when, when you straight cut it is when you get like the little extra tobacco in your mouth and a punch doesn't do that. Using your nails doesn't do that. I just hate like constantly feel like I'm spitting out extra tobacco. I hate that too. Yeah. So that's why I don't really straight cut that yeah. often. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. All right. So I, I asked this of all my guests uh, and th- it, this is going to be different just because mm-hmm. it's, it's Alec, Alec Bradley, but how many cigars do you have in your collection at home? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I is it a lot? Um, I have cigars in my office. I have like three humidors in my office. Okay. I have two or three 18 cube boxes in the humidor in our warehouse that just have old old stuff in it that i'll go like bradley makes fun of me because i never smoke that stuff but like i go in there occasionally i just like hand it out to everyone and, we, and i grab stuff myself and we all just smoke it just like doesn't matter what it is like i have all the florida minicanas in there i have old rocky stuff in there i have old drew estate stuff in there wow just like stuff you can't find anymore they don't make anymore and i have an original like 1995 opus x in there it's like just weird stuff. Will you ever smoke that? 
No, because it's probably past its prime. Yeah. So it's just cool to have at this point. Do you think every cigar that is bought should be smoked? No, not necessarily. Rally would disagree with me, but some stuff is just nostalgia. Yeah. I think you're the first person in the industry that's told me, no, you can hold on to it. Well, it's just like when when someone gave me that 1995 Opus, it was already past its prime. So like, why why smoke something that I know is not going to be enjoyable? It's cooler just to have it, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, like I don't see a problem with that. I'd probably smoke it, but <laughs> yeah, but then it doesn't live up to the hype ever of having that 1995 Opus, and you're not going to enjoy it. No, it's, it's actually more enjoyable to have than it is to probably smoke. But I, how many times have you lit up a cigar from someone and went, "Ah, this didn't live up to the hype"? All the time, right? Yeah, constantly. So. I suppose I'd rather be disappointed and know than just have it sit there and stare at me. I, but I already know. I already know. I guess I've had, I've, I've had cigars that were supposed to like supposed to be amazing with, you know, 10 age, eight, like 10 years of age on them before. And I'm like the 10 years are already killed it. What's the prime? What's the prime for a cigar? Like if you, you're you going to let something three age years. three years, anything yep. after that, it's done. Yeah. In my Dimin- opinion, diminishing returns. So no. So a lot of people like that, you know, attic dusty taste, right? I love it. It's like going into a library. A lot of people enjoy it. I and, I, and that's great for them. That's their profile. That's what they like. Like H Cubans definitely has that, right? Sure. Um, a lot of aged Dominican stuff also follows suit with that. But a um, lot of the aged Cubans are like they were super strong to begin with, super powerful. So you let them sit for, you know, eight, nine years. And a lot of people like that dusty attic, like attic library taste, which is great. That's what they like. That's their profile. That's fine. I like, I want the big flavors that come with the cigar up front. Yeah. We blend it to be smoked up front, right? Yep. So, like, uh, the only reason things sit for over three years is just because I forget about them. All right. Well, that's not, I, that doesn't make me feel bad because I do the same thing. Like, oh, yeah. shit, I forgot I had this in the humidor. Like, I have um, old trilogies that my dad, yeah, I have old wow. trilogies that I found in stores and stuff like that that I bought. And I've smoked some of them and they're horrible now. So, like, it's cooler just to hold on to it. Than to smoke it because, like, why am I going to just smoke something I know it's not going to be good? Wow. What's next for Alec and Bradley? And then what's next for Alec Bradley? So, we've been heavily focused on Alec Bradley at the moment. Um, my dad, Bradley, myself, uh, our VP, Ralph, like, we're very heavily focused on what we're doing with Alec Bradley. Um, this last year, we went from 20 or 22 counts to all 24 counts across the board. Um, we changed the name of the na- the size names on Tempest to regular cigar names. So that's something that we did. Um, we have a limited edition coming out, uh, new, the, the new trilogy. It, it, we brought it back. It's absolutely phenomenal. I was down in Honduras when we blended it. came out great. And then we have a... So this is our 25th anniversary this year. And we have a cigar that's probably not coming out till next year at this point, but to represent the 25 years that we've been in the industry so far. I was going to ask about that because I was doing the math. I'm like, wait, that's 25 years. Like, that's a that's a big milestone. Yeah. So we've been working on it. And instead of rushing just to come out with it on our 25th year, we were like, it's better to hold off, make sure this is perfect. And who cares when we release it? That's awesome. That's a good yeah. way to do it. You yeah. don't want to rush it. And then people go, well, this is the, they're celebrating the 25 years. Yeah, because I think so, someone in the office said, like, we're going to miss the 25 year mark to, to release this. I said, who cares? It's just to represent the first 25 years. It doesn't mean we have to release it on the 25 years, exactly. on the 25th year. Yeah. Not, someone's not going to not buy it because they, we, right. we were late to the game. They don't even know their own birthday. I'm not, uh, I'm not buying that. No, no one's going to do that. Yeah. So who cares if we release it in 2022? Right. And yeah. I, and I also said like, we didn't start the company till this time, like this month and this year. So technically it still falls within that 25 year range. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be. No. And it's not even going to be called 25th anniversary or anything like that. It's just a really nice cigar that we're making that is going to just kind of be representative of so it. So I want to ask real quick about the names because you just said that you changed all the the, the Vitola names on the on the yeah. template. So is that something that annoys you? Is that why you change it? Because for me, it's... I just couldn't remember them. So if I can't remember them, how can a consumer remember that? That's what I was, Bradley's actually the one that fought for it. Really? Yeah, I mentioned it a couple times in passing, but it wasn't like a big concern of mine. But Bradley was like, no, we got to change this. This is like, we got to do this. I hate it when companies are like, oh, it's this. And I'm yeah. like, I, what size is that? Yeah. Like, I don't, what am I, what am I buying a Toro? Or Cro- like, I don't know. I, I get full credit to Bradley on that. He, it was, he pushed for it. Thanks, he really went for it. Yeah. And makes it a whole lot easier for me now because I couldn't remember him. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, there's just too many. And like, you have your own portfolio. Mm-hmm. Try it as a consumer to remember everybody. Well, then trying to remember every single skew that we make, then every single blend, and then, 
Like that's a lot of stuff to remember. That like is. people ask me blends all the time, and I'm like, jeez, uh, um, I can like get ninety percent of it correct most of the time, but yeah. like, it's it's that's a lot of stuff to remember. It is a lot of stuff to remember, even when you make the cigar yourself. It's still a lot of stuff to remember. <laughs> well, it's like you said, you're down there, you're having fun, and you're you're smoking, and you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out what tastes great. Like you're not gonna remember. I wouldn't remember it. So the cigar you're smoking now, someone asked me yesterday the blend on, it, and I told them what I thought it was, and I remember like, oh no, we were blending with specifically. Like purposely, um, the new like Honduran broadleaf that we had in the filler to see, like, just to see what it did, and um, that's what that cigar was based around was that Honduran filler, that Honduran broadleaf filler. It's very good. Thank you. It's very good. Yeah, I I enjoy it, but um, I completely forgot about that part. Like, I forgot why we were even having fun blending it because how did you not take this to your brother and your dad and say this needs to go into production? just didn't work at the, at the moment maybe later maybe in the future it will come out but it just didn't work with what we were doing at that moment uh, tell him some rando in the midwest said that this has got to come out because it's, it's really i agree good. i think it's a great cigar it should definitely come out it's, it's funky and i like doing like yeah. i like blending funky cigars like not the norm because everybody does the norm so as a consumer when you get something that hits different you're like oh wait yeah what is that and some this, some people don't enjoy that some people do like it just depends we talked about that before it's like so for you it's just ritual right mm-hmm. everything's just it comes down to what you're comfortable with and what you're doing and how, what you smoke for me it's the same way but i like seeking out what's new and different and what's going to make me think ooh what's this so it's 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 a fine line because a lot of the consumers out there um, struggle with strength versus um, abundance of flavor, mm-hmm. right? So they'll say something's too strong for them when really they mean the the flavor is too overwhelming for my palate, right? So when you're blending, you got to kind of take that into consideration as well. Not that I blend anything for anyone's palate other than my own, but if the project calls for a certain type of blend, I got to try to hit that mark, right? So like with Kintsugi, Bradley came to me. He's like, I want these flavor notes and I want it mild to medium. And I hit all the flavor notes, but it was medium plus. And like, it's just, you know what? It was a great cigar. It hit all the notes that he was looking for, but the strength level wasn't necessarily what he was looking for. Yeah. But we still came out with the cigar anyways, because it was a kick-ass cigar. It's one of those cigars. If you haven't had the Kintsugi yet, I mean, I, we reviewed it. Go to simplystokies.com. You can check out the review. I think it got like a 9.1, 9.2 out of 10. Wow. Like it's very, very good. And it's one of my favorite cigars to have in the morning because mm-hmm. it's one of the few uh, medium to mild cigars that is like you get a lot of flavor from it. Yeah. And it's not just smoking cardboard in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I dig that. So I am fair to all cigars. I'll smoke them at any time of the day. I'm not. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't. So I'll have a Kintsugi after a steak dinner and I'll have a magic toast with my coffee. Like <laughs> I don't care. Magic toast is definitely for me. It's an after dinner, after no, steak. Cigar. I, I have a lot of people tell me it's a coffee cigar and I kind of agree with it. Because of the sweetness from it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm going to have to try it. But I'll have a blind faith first thing when I get in the office. Like, I, I just don't discriminate when what it comes to What do you smoke cigars. the most of? Like, what's the, what's the number one Alec Bradley? Oh, the one place where I do discriminate. There is one place in terms of size. I like something that, like, if we're up to me, I'd only smoke 50 ring gauge or below. A lot of people have been saying that lately. Honestly, 48 or below is really my sweet spot. So... Like sometimes I don't want a 52 Toro. I want that Toro. But see, here's the thing for me. And I don't know if it's the same with other cigar smokers. For me, it's I just want more time. For me, it's I want the wrapper flavor. I want the majority of the flavor to be from the wrapper. Like, yeah. So like I don't smoke a lot of Gordos because it's a lot of filler flavor and it's a little more um, of a relaxed style of the of that blend. And I want something punchy that's going to give me a ton of flavor. So I go, you know, Coronas, Corona Gordas, Lanceros, Lonsdales. I, I am a, a lot in that in that area. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So when's the next uh, Alec and Bradley release we can look forward to? Do you have anything in the works? I know you said you're focusing on Alec Bradley, but. Um, so that is kind of up to Bradley because I don't get started on a blend for it until he comes up with the name and concept. Oh, OK. Yeah. So I let him. Do that first. I, I don't know. I feel like it's I feel like most people, most manufacturers, I could be wrong. So don't hold me to this. Come up with a blend first and they work a name and concept around. it. I would probably agree with that. And I feel like that. I don't know if that's easier necessarily. It sounds easier in my head, but it could be wrong. <laughs> um, we come up with name and concept first and then we blend for that name and concept. Wow. Um, Bradley comes up with the name and concept. That does sound harder in my head. In my head. It makes it makes sense. Yeah. That, that would be more difficult. Yeah. 
but um, I could I could be wrong. Yeah, right? but I guess if you know, like if you guys are know know your blends, know your brand, know your know the tobaccos, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably easy. Like I know what flavor notes I'm going to get from this, 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 and this. Sometimes it's like with Blind Faith, it was really hard to hit the mark. Gatekeeper is a little easier. We were working with Ernesto. Yeah. Um, and then Kintsugi, we just got, I feel like we got lucky. <laughs> I'd rather be lucky than good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right? And I don't get like, people are like, oh, you must be an aficionado or something. I hate that, like that word in terms of like people calling themselves an aficionado. Because I'm like, I'm a student of the art just like everyone else. Right? Yep. And it's going to take me a long time to catch up to these other manufacturers out there, but I enjoy it. It's like calling somebody a master blender. Yes. Cause they hate that. Cause like, I'm still learning, man. Yeah. Like, you may, I'm glad you like, there's no I, certificate that says you're a master blender, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Like I can't take a test to become a master blender. It's just people consider you that or they don't. Yeah. I, I just, I just like to blend cigars and hopefully other people enjoy what I blind. Yeah, absolutely. And I do kind of, and honestly, I have a lot of help. I have a ton of help. I have a lot of like advisors that help me get to where I'm trying to get. So like I'm working with great people that help me achieve what I'm looking to achieve. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so check it out. You can go to alecbradleycigars.com. I think mm-hmm. is the is the website. You can yep. check out what they've got there. Go to your local BNM. They've probably got it. If they don't, ask for it. Uh, and like ask them to to get Alec or, or Bradley to come hang out at your lounge. They like to go out. They like to travel. They just travel separately. You know what? We need to get Brad, you and Bradley on a podcast. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Uh, we only travel together two to three times a year. Well, when that happens, I, I, I like, one, one is PCA two is generally big smoke Vegas. And then this year we're both taking another trip together. So I'd love to get you both on the podcast and just watch the brothers have at each other. Oh yeah, that's fun. Just it, we'll we'll literally just go at it. There will be some compliments of each other in there, but also we'll just rip on each other, which is fun. Yeah, that's yeah. always a good time. Yeah, Alec, thank you so much for your time. Thank I, you for I having appreciate me. Appreciate it, uh, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Join me next time, where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about yet, but I promise it'll be simply stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.